If you're a business leader looking to cut through IT jargon and get straight answers about technology, you're in the right place. We're here to help make tech work for you without talking like a robot. Welcome to Tech Exec, a business leader's guide to technology. Wow, what a couple weeks it's been. I'm exhausted, Kevin. How are you doing? Well, I'm just taking things one day at a time. This morning, I flipped on the lights, took a shower, got dressed, checked my emails, and drove to work. What those actions all have in common is that they rely on infrastructure. The electric grid, water department, LTE data towers, roads, bridges. You know, the effort and manpower and expense it takes to make all those little actions possible, kind of incredible. Well, today we want to talk about another piece of infrastructure that is critical to your day, and that's IT infrastructure. Specifically, the server technology required to allow your business to produce. That's right. And this topic gets so in-depth that we're actually breaking it up into a two-part special to really give our listeners time to digest the information, email us some questions, and brace for the impact of our next episode. Today, we're going to introduce you to the concept of computer server infrastructure, which whether you realize it or not, each and every one of you rely on this daily in your business. That's right. And nowadays, everyone seems to want to talk about cloud. But before we get into that, it's very important we talk about some basics. Only then will we have some context for why the cloud even exists and why it may or may not even be the right fit for your organization. So let's get to it. In today's world, a typical small business uses computer systems to store and process data, and that is done through software installed on the computer equipment. So when your business has one person, this isn't a big deal. You buy a single computer, load up your software, and you process your data all in one spot. Well, that's great, but obviously most businesses have more than one person. So then what? Well, this is where a server would typically come into play. A server is a computer system that houses data and applications that serve multiple people. That's really its purpose. You don't physically walk up to a server and use it to input or process data. In fact, it's usually tucked away out of sight in an IT closet or server room somewhere. Chances are your average employee may never even physically see the servers that operate your organization. Makes sense. You know, I used to run QuickBooks all for my own PC, but now that we have multiple people doing the accounting work, we've moved our QuickBooks data to a server so it can be used by other employees all at the same time. Yeah, exactly. This is a very common example of what we call a client server application, meaning the software has components installed on both a server and multiple workstations. The data all lives on that server so it can be accessed from any workstation that runs the client application. Common client server applications include things like accounting packages, production software, timekeeping programs, email, and databases. Wow, it seems like there's a server for just about everything critical to my business. Does this mean I might have half a dozen different computer systems all stacked up in my IT closet? Great question. And as with most great questions, the answer is it depends. Let me take you through a quick history lesson on servers and how they've evolved over time. So many years ago, the answer to your question would likely be yes, you might have half a dozen different computer systems in an IT closet 
or server room in the building. Each server role would actually have its own physical piece of hardware. If you had six server functions, you very well could have six specialized boxes in your IT room chewing up electricity and spitting out heat. We call these on-premise physical servers because they reside on physical hardware at your office and each server role has its own piece of hardware. However, in the early 2000s, a technology called virtualization took off, which introduced the concept of operating multiple server roles independently on a single piece of hardware. We call these virtual servers, and they carry lots of benefits over traditional physical servers. Think of a single piece of server hardware as an apartment complex, and each server role or virtual server as an apartment in that complex. Each virtual server is independent of one another, but they all share common infrastructure, much like an apartment. Has common feed for electricity, water, and internet services. Yeah, and today nearly every server used by small businesses is virtual and resides alongside other virtual servers on a piece of hardware. Oftentimes, there is still a physical piece of server hardware to business, so this is considered on-premise virtualization. So with on-premise servers, whether physical or virtual, I could see a number of issues here. My IT closet doesn't have the best cooling. The roof likes to leak when it rains really hard. There's a water heater right next to it. And I'm always worried about like a water line bursting someday. Not to mention if someone broke into our building and stole the equipment, that could be bad. If we could just pick up our server hardware and move it somewhere safe, that might make me sleep better at night. So what you're describing is called co-location, and it's one step closer to the concept of cloud. It means that we still own and operate our own server hardware, but we're just physically putting that in the care of a much better facility that is equipped to keep the server hardware operating optimally. Co-location facilities generally also have many more technical capabilities than what we could ever get in our own office building, such as numerous internet connections from different providers, hooks into two separate power grids, really powerful generators, and even redundant air conditioning units. In the co-location model, you simply rent a cabinet for storage of your server equipment, and you also rent the electricity to power it, but otherwise you simply purchase, install, and maintain whatever equipment you'd like. Okay, so we've covered on-premise servers, both physical and virtual, and co-location facilities. That should just leave us with the cloud now. And I have a feeling this is the one a lot of our listeners are especially interested in. So, Chris, tell us, what happens when we don't want servers? And instead, we just want to put everything in the cloud. What is the secret to pulling that off? Right, the question everyone seems to be asking What's the magic behind getting our business moved to the cloud? So are you ready for the big secret to be unveiled? I am literally holding my breath. For all the mystery surrounding the cloud, it actually boils down to a very simple concept. The cloud simply means that someone else owns and maintains the physical equipment needed to serve up the applications and data your business needs. Uh... Wait, that's it? You're telling me that the cloud is just someone else running systems that I'd otherwise have in my IT closet? Yeah, in a nutshell, that's it. 
Providers of cloud services may even use the exact same type of equipment you'd otherwise have in your IT closet. They just do it at a much larger scale and are able to gain efficiencies in doing so. Wow. Well, that's a lot of background on the different ways you can run servers for your business. On-premise, co-located, cloud. But as a business owner, how do we sort out which one is right for our business? Well, to answer that, we really need to understand what's most important for your business. These decisions are certainly not one-size-fits-all, despite what some providers, especially cloud providers, might want you to think. That's right. As a business leader, I would say a lot of decisions around server technology would boil down to a few questions. Is it safe from physical danger? Is it secure? against malicious activity? How does it affect our total IT spend? And of course, will it make our business easier to move, expand, scale, or automate? So those are all really great and important questions. And I think we should probably break them down for each approach to server hosting that we've discussed. Before we jump in though, I want to address one of those questions because it applies to pretty much any option and that is security against malicious activity. Regardless of whether your systems are on-premise, co-located, or in the cloud, your security ultimately depends on your implementation and configuration of those systems. Although technical details can vary based on where systems are hosted, cloud options are not inherently more secure than on-premise or vice versa. On-premise systems aren't inherently more secure than co-located servers. Your security against malicious activity is not a function of where your systems are physically located. It is a function of how those systems are configured. And that's such an important concept for business leaders that I just want to emphasize it once again. The fact that something is in the cloud does not automatically make it more secure. While it is possible that certain cloud service providers have additional security options available, that's more a function of their particular implementation standards. Remember, there's no magic to the cloud. It's just another provider owning and operating systems. And the security of those systems is only as good as what has been implemented. And unfortunately, we've seen a number of cloud providers face security incidents even just this year that validate this point. Businesses end up seeing stars when security incidents arise in their cloud environments, which they had otherwise thought to be immune from attack. Just look in the news, though, and you'll quickly realize no one is truly immune. So although security may not be different based on where your servers are hosted, Some of the other topics aren't so uniform. Let's take safety from physical danger. Let's break that down a little bit. Whether physical or virtual, on-premise solutions can carry a bit of risk. Your servers are only as safe and secure as your physical facility. And there may be a lot of threats facing that facility that could put your systems in harm's way. Those may include things like power outages, fire, theft, water damage, natural disasters, or even just your cleaning person unplugging a key piece of equipment to plug in the vacuum. Yeah, we've seen that happen. Co-located servers offer quite a bit more protection. As mentioned before, there is generally much more redundancy built into key aspects of the facility, 
such as power and cooling. Additionally, there is generally a great deal of physical security, just ensuring that no unauthorized individuals gain access to the co-location building. Some facilities even employ armed guards at entrances. And cloud services are generally operated out of facilities like co-location spaces, so they'll often have similar physical protections. However, keep in mind that cloud is just someone else's systems. So Doug from down the street could always turn on a server in his basement, rent it out, and call it cloud. Make sure you do your due diligence when researching cloud providers. Now, how about the matter of agility for your organization? How do these different options stack up if you want a business that is easy to move, scale, or expand quickly? Starting again with on-premise solutions, your business could face challenges when trying to change quickly. Growing rapidly would likely mean procuring and configuring additional server hardware. If you are running virtual servers on your hardware, you can at least expand up to the physical capacity of that hardware, but at some point you may be faced with adding more physical hardware to accommodate additional virtual servers. Even just purchasing the right hardware can have lead times of several weeks. Then it has to be installed and configured before it's ready to use. And when the time comes for you to move your office, a lot of planning must take place to move that hardware without disrupting operations. An office move will carry a bit of downtime and will require a ton of coordination and planning. You know, another challenge to that is that growth is not always planned. And so it can be hard to scale rapidly with a solution like that. On the other hand, co-location solves some of those challenges. Although you're still responsible for your own hardware purchasing and configuration, the ability to move your business office becomes quite a bit easier. Your co-location facility remains online throughout the whole process, so you don't have to worry about timing a move of equipment, server downtime, or rushing staff from the old building to the new building. In fact, you can take your time with a move with both offices maintaining full access to systems in the co-location facility until the move is complete. And when it comes to an organization's agility, this is where cloud really does shine. Not only do you not have to worry about physically moving server equipment when relocating offices, you don't even need to worry about procuring hardware or being able to add server resources quickly. Major cloud providers have a seemingly endless supply of computing resources. Compared to one or two physical servers you might have at your office, large cloud providers often operate facilities the size of many football fields strung together, packed floor to ceiling, full of computer hardware. This means if you need 10 times the computing power tomorrow than what you have today, you can easily just make that request and have it available in no time. Sure, it'll cost you, but you have that option at your disposal at any time. And speaking of cost, no conversation like this can end without talking money. I can already hear all the CFOs tiptoeing around ready to smother any idea that costs an extra buck. So let's break it down into dollars and cents. First of all, on-premise physical servers are basically a thing of the past. Remember, this means that each server role or function has its own piece of associated hardware. More often than not, though, server functions 
only consume a fraction of the capabilities of the server hardware. You might have six physical servers running at 10% utilization apiece, but you still pay for 100% of that hardware, electricity, cooling, and upkeep. Virtual servers, on the other hand, account for most server systems that still reside on hardware in your office. Take those same six servers, consolidate them to a single piece of physical hardware, and now you can utilize 60% of the capabilities of that one piece of equipment. That's five less pieces of hardware to buy, power, cool, and maintain. Server hardware running virtual servers often appears to be the least expensive option. You purchase new hardware every five years, implement it, maintain it, and simply let it run. From a pure cost perspective, this isn't a bad option for a small company that is fairly static in their operations and is able to take on some of the risks and drawbacks we've discussed. And for you CFOs out there, this belongs squarely on that depreciation schedule. Now, when it comes to co-location, you supply your own hardware and must configure and maintain it, so those costs are essentially the same as on-premise systems. The difference, however, is that you will pay a monthly fee to the co-location facility for basically the rental of the physical space, electricity, and internet services. And then finally, we get to cloud. This is where the topic of costs can get complicated really fast. You've likely heard at some point the words cloud and save money in the same sentence. Let me tell you, though, that there can be some microscopic asterisks by some of those terms. Running traditional servers in the cloud introduces the concept of consumption-based billing. Remember, you don't own any of the hardware, nor do you maintain it. Instead, you rent computing resources. Need 8 gigs of RAM on your server today? You pay for 8 gigs of RAM today. Cloud servers have meters on every aspect of computing, much like your utilities at your house. Speaking of, I can still remember the first water bill I ever received. I expected to get a bill that charged me basically for the number of gallons of water I used. But when I got the bill the first time, I realized that it had like six different line items on it. Apparently, they charge you for the water coming in and the water going out. And heaven help me if I leave a toilet running. Literally money down the drain. That's when I learned about consumption-based billing. Oh yeah, cloud computing is no different. You get billed for absolutely everything. Power on a server for 30 minutes, you pay for 30 minutes of processor time and memory. In fact, many cloud providers often show you pricing per hour and bill you by the minute or even the second. And you pay for every bit of storage space you consume, every file you upload, even if any given upload only costs you a fraction of a penny, can certainly add up. Months with 31 days will cost you more than months with 30 days. Cloud computing can seem very expensive when you compare it to your on-premise alternatives when you just look at the hard dollars. Well, so that makes me wonder, if cloud computing is so expensive, why is everyone doing it? Well, as with anything, there's a little more to the story of cloud. No, actually, there's a lot more. And that's why we are going to press pause here and come back next time for part two of this special on server infrastructure, where we will talk about one topic and one very big topic only.
the cloud. That's right. Make sure you're subscribed to Tech Exec and watch for that notification of our next episode to drop because you may not be able to afford to miss it. We hope this episode has shed some new light on the infrastructure behind your business so that you can make better informed decisions as business leaders. Remember, technology is a powerful tool and it is your responsibility to use it well. Thanks for listening to Tech Exec, a business leader's guide to technology. Looking for more information about today's topic? Visit techexecpod.com for show notes or to set up a consultation with the Tech Exec Duo. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And as always, we're here to help make technology work for you. See you next time.